Welcome back to Angel on Top, a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of Angel, one by one, spoiler-free, and in tandem with no one. Everything has changed. We're all alone. We're missing a couple of smug bitches. I'm your co-host, Latoya Ferguson, a.k.a. the dead female lead of the Buffering-verse, a.k.a. one half of the Gun Squad. Well, he's in hell now, a.k.a. the Gilbert to Morgan Sullivan, a.k.a. Daddy, even if no one can remember that for now, (laughs) a.k.a. Captain Forehead, a.k.a. even more annoying new nicknames to come. And I'm your co-host, Morgan Ludich, a.k.a. the other dead girl one, except now I'm back and I'm evil (laughs) of the buffering verse, a.k.a. the other half of the gun squad. I know this isn't the point, but does he think he's that white child's biological father? (laughs) A.K.A. the Sullivan to Latoya's Gilbert, A.K.A. Daddy. I've got something to say about this, and I'm going to say it later. A.K.A. William Bloody. A.K.A. even more annoying new nicknames to come. And this week, we're watching Angel Season 5, Episode 17, Underneath. Underneath was written by Sarah Fane and Elizabeth Kraft and directed by Skip Schoolnick. It aired on the WB on April 14th, 2004. And this is the one where Team Angel realizes the only person with the answers they need about the senior partner's machinations is Lindsay. And the only way to get to him is to track to a Stepford-like suburban hell dimension and pay a huge price. You gotta pay the troll toll to get into this boy's hole. hole. You You gotta gotta pay pay the the troll troll toll to get in. To get in. (laughs) That's basically the app, right? Yeah. Troll toll. What you say? say? Uh, Very important. (laughs) How'd you feel about this app? Well, Hulu misspells Lindsay's name. I'm just gonna get that off right off the bat. I'm just gonna say. (laughs) The disrespect. Will yeah, not be tolerated. it's Lindsay with an E, not an A, you heathens. Rude. Um, I always remember the blonde family with Lindsay and Gun ending mm-hmm. up with that blonde family, and I think you have some opinions on Gun and that blonde family and the biology of this. <laughs> I was like, I I wondered if the kid, if like he'd go back up and then he'd have a mixed race child, but no, he has he has a blonde child and nothing's wrong with it. I was just like, I wonder what he's thinking and feeling. But (laughs) I've wondered that many times throughout the season, and I've not been given an answer, so I assume that'll be the same thing here. You're on a loop, and there's basically a script. I don't think he's thinking about that at all. Uh, But also. I guess uh, in this hell, it's basically Lucifer rules where like their dad's Dennis Haysbert and their mom's Trisha Helfer and they're every single race possible, every single angel. Okay, hell yeah. That's, that's some good casting, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'll support it. <laughs> um, but you got any uh, big thoughts on this one for me? Because I have like one big thought. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this episode without talking about the performance that comes with the Eve character, because I don't want to be too mean, but also I would not be this mean had there been a difference of casting. And I actually, I put this in my notes because we've talked about this 5 million times, especially early Mm -hmm. in the season, but it's very much of like this show's uh, pattern to once you can't get the person to really, you wanted to not pivot, like, with Justine, our favorite character, originally mm-hmm. they wanted uh, Elizabeth Rom to return as Kate for that character. And we, mm-hmm. we even talked about it at the time. It's like, when you couldn't get her, it would have been interesting to like pivot to the type of character that was instead, instead of doing Justine, who is Diet Kate. So mm-hmm. when you couldn't get Marina Baccarin to play Eve, you could have done something else completely different with Eve. Yes. It, it's it's this reliance on like we're we're gonna keep doing what we originally intended even if it doesn't work anymore we're just gonna keep pushing and I I noticed that I've noticed that a lot throughout this season and I'll point out some uh, instances in this episode that I noticed it but yeah it, Eve continues not to work unfortunately we'll try it's, not to belabor the point on that it's but, like woof instead of doing Eve you just do the the character uh the Hamilton the, the the Adam Baldwin character basically like do that as the style of the character in the first place or just a different thing Mm-hmm. But also, we have to talk about Adam Baldwin, who, of course, was Jade on Firefly, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as soon as Twitter was invented, we all learned that we all hate Adam Baldwin and we all blocked him immediately. Yep. Um, I have many jokes in my notes about this and we will get there. Some might say Adam Baldwin's the original Matt Davis, although I was never attracted to Adam Baldwin. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, um, I, uh, will uh, get into it as we go, but yes, Adam Baldwin is in this episode. I was, uh, at the, when I first watched this, I was very excited to Especially see him. Especially since he's so against type for what you know for him from Firefly. Yes, um, and, and now having watched it again and having less, uh, warm, fuzzy feelings for Adam Baldwin because of, uh, aforementioned tweets, um, I can say it's not a good performance. And I don't think it's interesting at all. He's tall, though. He is quite tall, and I do like his double-breasted suit. There. A compliment. So it's happened. You said one nice thing. They said it couldn't be done, but I did it. I'm not all bad anymore. Um, (laughs) I will, but that is a bad segue into my one big thought of this episode, which is that I fucking hated the ending. It made me really mad. Uh, The big dramatic reveal at the end of the episode was the thing I've been saying in every single episode of this podcast since season five started. And I know that the people making this show couldn't hear me because I am from their future. And (laughs) on a podcast, they probably will never listen listen to uh not even in their future but that's no excuse i said this and i wish that i had been respected here and instead i was not and i'm very angry the the big reveal the big news that Lindsay had was what we've been saying this whole time it's what anyone Unreal. with a working brain cell in this group could have told you it's what they they keep telling themselves and yet they when, keep doing going on in business as usual. Absolutely. They're like, we have to leave Gunn behind and take Lindsay so we can get his secret knowledge. The and then Lindsay says, when, when Wolfram and Hart asked you to do a thing and you did it, you were falling right into their hands. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm going nuts. Like I feel like I feel as if I am being gaslit. I'm like, that's not new. And Angel's like, what? You're telling me? And it's like, yes, I'm telling you. You're telling you. Everyone's telling you. I makes me feel bananas. But uh I will try to not yell anymore. I am just upset. <laughs> well, on I guess better news, although it, it's sad because, you know, the state of television, uh, we're in 2004, baby. And I was mm-hmm. looking, you know, what else aired this night? Obviously, Smallville before, or say, Selling Morgan before, this was a, a Christopher Reeve joint, because he did show up on, on Smallville as, a, you know, a real person who was alive cool. and exists still. So that was good. Cool. Yeah, of course, <laughs> we had some OC. But the most important mm-hmm. things to me that I was seeing, which usually wouldn't see, and I was so confused, were... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, two one-season shows, one, Keen Eddie, the, the show that gave us Sienna Miller, and two, Karen Sisko, Carla Gugino herself, as the Elmore Leonard character who does show up reprising the role in Justified. Karen, we can't say the last name. Just know that she got married and divorced and she kept her married last name. That, that is an episode in Justified. Great. It, Good. It was as funny rewatching it now as it was at the time. It's like she's Karen Cisco. I am very excited uh, to eventually watch Justified and make it to that point. It's it's very funny, Karen. And <laughs> it was like, what's your last name again now? <laughs> oh, Definitely not Karen Cisco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, because they got like the rights to the. The fire in the whole characters from that short story, but not for like mm. for Karen Cisco and any, all any stuff. So that's why they couldn't say it. It's very funny. Cute. I like that. But yeah, I was, uh, and I'm like, those aren't usually. I'm not seeing them around. I would, I would have brought them up if I were. And that's because mm-hmm. they were both already over slash being burned off. Like Karen Cisco ended in like end of 2003, and they were just like repeating episodes. Mm-hmm. And Keen Eddie, it was. And they aired, of course, wildly out of order. It was like the last uh, one. It's technically was supposed to be the season finale, but they aired it in April. They aired more episodes like in June. It was chaos, of course. Ah, classic network stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But, but. It's one of the, I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. it's one of, Keenetti is one of the original procedurals that fucks, just so you know. Ooh. Oh, okay. That is a very important New York City cop who has to go work in the UK. British cops do things differently. No. (laughs) That sounds like they're a fish out of water. Yeah. It's the good stuff. I'm interested. (laughs) Um, but, but this episode, um, shall we dive right in? Just diving in, diving in, doing the dive into the episode. So we open in Angel's office at his conference room table. He has called a meeting and nobody came. But see, but here's how you know Angel is ready to finally accept the news. The news we learn at the end because he is leather jacket. The hair is spiky as hell. He's looking mm-hmm. like Angel. He doesn't look like he belongs in this corporate world. Get out of here, uh. you stuffed shirts. Absolutely. He uh, he's on speakerphone talking to Harmony. Like, hey, where the fuck is everybody? And he goes, Why am I alone? Why am I alone? He's screaming. <laughs> I ten comedy points for Why am I alone? Angel Very is funny. me. <laughs> Angel is me. Wesley is me. Glorn is me. 
Harmony is me who enters and says, well, you can be super grouchy. <laughs> Wes is with Illyria. Gunn is still recovering from being stabbed in the guts. Lorne is MIA since Fred. Because, yeah, and he Harmony blames himself. He's not going to stick around. Bye. Mm. Yeah. Spike comes in. With a briefcase. If I gave Why Am I Alone 10 comedy points, I have to give Briefcase Spike 10,000 comedy <laughs> points. This had me on the fucking floor, especially that it is not acknowledged by anyone and that he seems rather uncomfortable that he brought it. He, like... <laughs> The subtle work that Marsters is doing with the briefcase, trying to make it seem normal, and then immediately just like becoming very self-conscious of yeah. it. Perfect. No, no one's around to see that he brought it, and Angel is not going to care to ask. Yeah, it, which is rude, because like it would have been very... like I deserved more bits about the suitcase, but I'm also happy with the level of it not being acknowledged. That is also mm -hmm. quite good comedy, so I'm happy as a clam. Spike cracks open a beer and is like, what What do you got to say to us? What's the meeting about? And yeah. Angel's like, so annoyed. Well, yeah, because Spike's whole thing and why he has a briefcase is because he's now, this is his first official parlay as a very loosely affiliated member of the, whatever the team is called, the Angels Avengers. <laughs> Which, because he's like, oh yeah, you'd probably want to call that. And Angel's like, no, I wouldn't. But you can tell he <laughs> loves the name. <laughs> he's having cards made up immediately. Absolutely. Uh, Spike reads off the agenda that was printed out for Angel, and he's like, I'm on reconnaissance again. This is bullshit. I should have a flashier job, and I should be, like, saving the girl. And then that triggers a memory of Angel's. He kind of muses to himself, handsome man, save me from the monsters. We did that all the past two episodes, Angel. Catch up. Mm -hmm. Again, no one is listening to us. Um, Spike says... Like, you know, like, cause, cause Angel says, um, you know, I should never have let her come here. Bad things always happen here. And Spike's like, yeah, bad things happen here, but it was her choice to be here. And Angel says, was it? And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> How about we start reckoning with that? Like, I, I, I am frustrated that we are 17 episodes in and there have been no stories about the fact that Angel took all of his friends' choices away. Like, not even him grappling with it in any way. It, it is frustrating to me. It feels like a big hanging, like, I don't like Angel anymore if this isn't eating him up inside. Yeah, because, like, obviously we know that they're like, they were all seduced by this. They're all going to say yes. But Angel even says at the end of season four, like, I'm going to do it anyway. It doesn't matter what you actually say. So, yeah. Uh, speaking um, of, Morgan, you rewatched the season four finale, I believe. Yes, I uh, rewatched the second half of Home. I got you guys, so I've, pissed off. I've given her Stockholm Syndrome for season four. She loves it now. I did my best. I did what I could and it worked. I win. She, like, Latoya fucking wins. I was watching the season four finale and I was like, this cooks because i know which i know i liked that episode a lot at the time yeah but i was like holy shit does this rock i was like looking at all of my friends i was invested in everything that was going on with each one of them individually and them as a unit 
I watched a Connor Angel scene and started to cry. Yes! Genuinely. And I was like, <laughs> what's happened to me? Like, this this season is breaking me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to um, go back into all the season four episodes and, like, add an intro that says, Morgan actually likes all of this now. You're welcome. Yeah. Like, I... Th- this is... It's just something completely different now, and it bumps me out. But yes, I did rewatch uh, that to just kind of like familiarize myself because, you know, now this is like what you didn't realize when you entered into this was this. And I'm like, okay, let's go back to when they entered into this. And yeah, they all knew what this was. Like, (laughs) I'm very confused how we can suddenly be like, nobody knew what they were doing. Like, they were all just baby and didn't realize it would be bad to work for the mythical bad guys that have existed for eons. Like, then you're stupid. Yeah, the the evil bottom feeders that got, like, so much power that the old ones were like, what the fuck? How did they get so much power? Mm Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, bizarre to me. Uh, but <laughs> Angel's like, you know, maybe I'm lying to myself about making the world a better place. And Spike's like, newsflash, asshole. Everything's bad. Everywhere's bad. See, this is why, again, Angel's my champion and not Spike. Because I, this is what your champion's saying. I'm sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> this is not necessarily champion talk. Um, Angel's like, I know I need to do better to fight the senior partners. I know they're up to something. No more waiting. I'm fucking doing it. Which is like a speech we have heard Angel give a thousand times. He's like, I'm not going to wait for the trouble to come to me. I'm going to go get it. And I'm like, all right, let's see if this works. And Spike is like, well, it actually might be a lot easier if we knew someone with a direct line to the big guys. Cut to what I have described in my notes as Lindsay and Eve's symboled up fuck pad. Ew! (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Eve is like, no, no, the connection is severed. And even if it wasn't, I'm not fucking helping. Why is she acting like Lauren won't show up and punch her in the face again? I don't know why she does anything she does. She is hiding in the apartment using the symbols to keep her from being detected by the senior partners. And she says the only thing she ever cared about. This is before Uber Eats, so I don't know. Yeah. Is she alive? Is she eating? I I mean, she's immortal. Maybe she doesn't need to eat. Like, that's a rough existence. Um, But. Oh, God. We're we're about to talk about her being immortal. We're going to talk about that shit. Oh, brother. Uh, Angel threatens to fuck with her symbols and expose her to the senior partners. But then the whole apartment yeah, starts shaking and the symbols start disappearing anyway. She says, the only thing I care about is gone. Boo fucking who? And yeah. she's Miss, I'm trying to be tough. And then as soon as like the earth starts shaking, she's like, oh, God, they're coming. Please don't let them take me. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Like, I... I it, it's just, like, I wish she was played, like, more comedically. Like, if the joke is that she's, like, a total worm and, like, is talks a big talk, but the second there are stakes, she folds, wouldn't it be great to have someone who is funny doing these lines? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a pitch. Um, but uh, Eve is like, I'll tell you anything. I'll tell you anything you want to know. And then I write in my notes, in comes the scariest thing ever. An actor you liked who turned into a Fox News Republican. 
but uh, he, but uh, Jane sticks his head in the room and they're gone. <laughs> but yeah, it's also just Eve gives up everything at like the most minimal of torture. The room shakes and she's like, "Oh no!" Ugh. Like it's just like. Wouldn't she be made of sterner stuff if she works with the senior part? Like, I, I just don't know. Like, it all begets more questions. Again, and re- I'm never going to be answered. Recontextualize the character type if you can't get who you want. Yes. Um, we go to the uh, fancy bar that everyone at Wolfram and Hart hangs out at. Very weirdly, when I was on the Buffy wiki, they referred to this bar as a rebuilt Caritas. And I'm like, this is not Caritas, friend. So uh, if any of you guys <laughs> see are a bar, Buffy Wikipedia editors, fix that. It's like when they'll we'll say, this is foreshadowing of something. I'm like, no, it's not. It just, it was coincidental. Yes. Um, so a uh, a demon is singing for Lorne to find out if his fiance is going to accept his proposal. His name is Carlos. Lorne, yeah, the demon Carlos. Lorne is like, yeah, 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 she is. It's going to be great. And he's like, I'll have another fucking drink. And Carlos, the bartender, is like, okay, so now do you think that, like, we'll have a baby? And Lorne is over it. He snaps. He is feeling like shit. He says... What I know is... I started drinking the moment that I found out that a girl I loved was gonna die. Every time I get to the bottom of the glass, I hope that that last drop is gonna take me the distance. Okay. A simple plan that failed utterly, which is why I'm going to heave my tuchus off this stool, strap the bells on, and with a smile and a quip, go back into the belly of a very ugly beast and pretend like I can help Mm. because that's what the green guy does uh a not great place to see Lorne in Mm -hmm. any thoughts yeah uh here's again why we wish I wish we've seen more on screen with Lorne's thing instead of just life of the party because so he's talking about how because he's scared he's just telling people what they want instead of the truth which is like a big thing in like the industry and that like that's what his job is now like this mm-hmm. is a man who's like about you know telling people their fortunes and their destinies and obviously probably the people he's working with in general don't want to actually hear it they want to hear what will placate them and that's yeah. interesting would have been great to see on screen again instead we get why we fight Yes. And it's it's hard again with Lauren because I'm like we we have gotten basically nothting with him. You know, we, why we fight? We got him strapped to the chair with a gag. Well, no, and he's he, not in why we fight. He leaves because they, oh, right. because he, he it, it, the, the decapitation wouldn't have done anything to him. So, yeah, he heads oh, out. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. He dips out for that. Uh, and he we get basically life of the party. And that is it in terms of anything going on with Lorne. And it sucks because he like we don't dramatize him being suckered in by Wolfram and Hart. Like it's just like he loves it and he is shallow and loves the glitz and the glamour and hobnobbing with stars and saying a bunch of mean stuff about actresses. And it doesn't seem like he feels complicit in what happened to Fred or really like feels anything specific about working at Wolfram and Hart. Like I, I just find his, obviously he's grieving Fred and he's very upset, but 
I just think it's a very like shallow reading. I think this speech here is great and Andy Hallett's fantastic in this moment, but I long for more for Lorne, especially it feels like, you know, we lost a member of our ensemble in Fred. I know Illyria is here, but like give Lauren something to do. Yeah. I don't understand why there's and nothing like, for Lauren to do. Again, I, I, I'm I'm fine with him, you know, blaming himself, and especially just, like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that, obviously, Wes was not helping with Gunn, but no one seems to actually blame Gunn, and they, like, Angel is surprisingly sweet mm-hmm. in his angel way about it, too. Yeah. It's like, it's Gunn is blaming himself, but, like, mm-hmm. again, we have to skip over the f- fact that Lauren missed a major sign. And later yeah. when they have the Pina Colada song line, I'm like, I agree. But also, like, people keep <laughs> getting past yeah. you with their singing. Yeah, it's rough. Um, but I do love this little moment. It's very sad. Like, we're seeing Lauren at a complete low. You probably lied uh, to Carlos about his future. Yeah, Carlos, I wouldn't bet on her saying yes. And I wouldn't bet on Carlos Jr. either, unfortunately. Uh, then in the lobby of Wolfram and Hart, Angel and Spike walk in with oh. Eve. It- uh, we didn't even talk about it, though. Um, mm-hmm. the, the opening credits. Oh, yeah. What do you so, want to talk about? Well, first of all, um, so now Amy Acker has Illyria in her credits. I, I can say, mm-hmm. all frustrations aside, like this version of the credits is probably the coolest version of the credits there is. There's slow motion cool. gun shooting. There's a bunch of stuff going on. But also, mm-hmm. Mercedes McNabb herself. It's yeah, a series baby. regular. There are two girl ones. Congrats. <laughs> Actually, one's a guy. I'm sure it doesn't even consider himself a girl. So there's still one girl one. Mm-hmm. As it should be. Two makes me nervous. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh cool opening credits. It's fun stuff. Yeah, really sick. Uh, you're absolutely right. Very sick. Uh, mm-hmm. Important to note. Also, um, special guest star, Christian Kane. <laughs> Yeah, baby, get that billing. <laughs> That's a, that uh, was the exchange for them not crediting him at all for episodes. <laughs> Insane. Yeah, <come> <laughs> Wild. Um, then in uh, the Wolfram and Hart lobby, Angel and Spike walk in with Eve. Angel tells Harmony to get security and to not let anyone like go in or go out. And she's like, that never works, but okay. Um, and Angel leaves uh, Spike with Eve and is like, watch after her. Don't fucking let anything get her. I got to go see my lawyer. We go to the Wolfram and Hart Med Bay. And Angel explains what's going on to a very morose gun. When people are sad on Angel, they wear a hoodie. You'll never <laughs> guess what gun's wearing for most of this episode gun wears hoodies a lot so you know that's how you knew he was sad that's why he became he a lawyer he <laughs> um he is like hey this is what's going on with eve do we have jurisdiction to protect her from the senior partners what's the protocol here gun's like i don't know i'm sad <laughs> and angel's like come on you have to tell me and gun continues to not answer angel reminds him look you paid a pretty heavy price for all the shit in your brain you might as well use it and God's like, okay, there is a proviso in the contract that says you can take custody of a wayward employee. It's not really meant for this, but it should work. And Angel goes to leave, but he thinks better of it and turns around and says, you know, you should feel bad about all of this. And you will. Yeah. Because you're a good man. It, it starts off like at the, as the same tone as when Angel was like trying to kill Wesley in the mm-hmm. hospital. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. just want to let you know, you know. I understand why you do what you did. <laughs> Kill you, Bryce. <laughs> you're dead. Uh, you're dead. Good, sh- 
good shit. Remember when? <laughs> um, but I, I love this. He's like, you know, you uh, like should feel bad about this. And I know you will because you're a good person. You just signed a piece of paper. And Gunn is like, yeah, but I knew yeah, I started when tearing, I signed it. I started tearing up at Angel not blaming Gunn at all. Mm-hmm. Nice to see. Yeah. Um, and like, yes, he shouldn't because like he made the overriding decision to take them here without their consent and wipe their brains. Like overall, this is Angel's fault. Like I, I believe that gun is at fault. Yes. But like it, it is secondary to Angel being at fault mm-hmm. in my opinion. But again, Lauren um, also has some fault. Cause how could you not tell that Knox is evil? Absolutely. Uh, so God is like, I knew when I signed it that someone would get hurt. I didn't know it would be Fred. And like, that yeah. is why, like, that is something worth having guilt it's, over. It's, it's just like in Smallville when Clark ends up killing his dad. Because what happened was, so Lana died and Clark's like, oh no. And he goes to Jarrell and he's like, Jarrell, please bring her back. And Jarrell's like, sure. But if I do sure. this, someone else close to you is going to die. And he's like, okay. And then his dad dies instead. <laughs> Because it, it was even more specific than with the gun thing. With the gun, it's like, they didn't know it was going to be in the inner circle. But Jorel's like, yeah. it will be someone close to you. And he's like, ah, take my chances. <laughs> so you killed your dad for Lana Lang, who you don't even end up with, you freaking freak bitch. That is grim. <laughs> Kristen Krug, I'm not killing anyone for you. Just so you know, that's on the record. <laughs> Um, Angel tells Gunn, uh, the thing about atonement is you never run out of chances, but you have to take the chances when they show up. You can't just hide here. It's not going to go away like that. And this is like, finally, this is the first time that I have, have not absolutely hated the direction Gunn's character has been taken. Uh, this one moment here is essentially putting him in the spot that so many members of Team Angel are in. Like now he has like a really rough thing that he must atone for. Mm-hmm. And like finally it felt like at least what was going on was in conversation with the themes of the show. It wasn't just throwing him under the bus for throwing him under the bus's sake and for like, you know, making people cry points, which I know Joss loves. But like this felt like like we were cooking again for mm-hmm. me. Um how do you feel about it? Like him now being one of our many atoners. <laughs> I mean it's it's the show basically. When they started talking about mm. a tournament, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the show. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Me smiling huge when atonement comes up, like, uh-huh, yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, um, good, good. I'm with you. <laughs> Me begging for scraps. because um, uh, I'm an idiot that I'm just like, when Gun was out and about, like his stitches should have opened and we should see like the blood through his hoodie. Would have very funny oh, to yeah. me. Would have been good. Um, in uh, our next scene is in Fred's room. Wes is having a dream about Fred being with him, giving him little kisses, um, being, you know, behaving like a dead wife in movies. You know, mm-hmm. like she should be under a white sheet, being like, "Stop, stop filming me! Oh my gosh, you're crazy!" Like, you know, but she is instead. She's just like giving him little kisses, and she asks Wes to tell her a joke. And he tells a very grim joke. He tells a West joke. Yeah, it's so fucking grim. And Fred sits in his lap because he tells this joke about like a man like sinking under the earth. Uh, and Fred kind of is like, look, this is only the first layer. 
don't you want to see how deep I go? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and we're, we cut out of the scene. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I, I I haven't told the people on uh, the people on the the listening the people listening. <laughs> so I recently saw Amy Acker on the picket line at ah! uh, WBCW day, uh, mm-hmm. and good 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 for her good for her there. Her, her and her She's husband, who I always forget is an actor, but then I'm like, oh yeah, I recognize her husband too. <laughs> he played Stacy Jackson, Rock of Ages on Broadway. Oh, good for him. The role good originated by Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Um, but Wes wakes up from his dream. Uh, this was a this was a whiskey fueled dream, and apparently he's just been like hanging out asleep on this chair while Illyria waited for him to wake up. Um, she tells him, you said her name a lot in your sleep. And Wes is like, yeah, well, it was a nightmare. And Illyria's like, in my time, nightmares walked among us. And they were dope <laughs> as hell. And they were my best fucking friends. And now they're trapped in humans' heads. What a shame. <laughs> yeah, they and were like I'm the like, court sorry, jesters. <laughs> <laughs> they, they made Illyria and her friends laugh. Yeah, she's pissed. And Wes is like, God, the world must be a terrible disappointment to you. And Illyria's like, yeah, don't you feel bad? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm surprised she's just not Um, laughing at Wesley constantly. That should be amusement. Yes. Uh, Wes is like, you know, I'm not fucking nuts about the world right now either, Illyria. And I'm like, Wes is me. (laughs) Yeah. And Illyria's like, then why don't you leave? We then go to Angel's office. Eve continues to complain you'll never believe it angel you are not allowed to complain and be sarcastic Mm -hmm. (laughs) angel returns he threatens eve and he's like what are you bitch and she tries to avoid answering and then he's like no tell me and she's like okay i'm a child of the senior partners created to do their bidding i'm like she's a child all right oh Oh, uh, uh, this is where we learn that she is immortal, here to watch and to be a go-between. She is not allowed to know what the senior partners like, also, don't want her to know. Nothing about this performance is that, especially when basically she gave it all up because she fell in love. Like, there's nothing, there's no gravity there. Compare and contrast what Amy is doing right now. Yes. Oh, I mean, that's not even fair. <laughs> Angel is like, so you don't know anything? And Eve goes, maybe, maybe I know a lot and just can't access it. Maybe it's locked inside me and I don't have the key. And she says, yeah, I know. I'd for completely forgotten she was anything because that's what this performance is. That's what this character is. There is nothing there. What is to remember? Literally, I, I remember it's like, I, I forgot nothing. There was anything there because gesture, mm-hmm. gesture. Yes gesture (laughs) Um, and now there's nothing there anyway there was apparently Mm -hmm. something there and there's nothing anymore after this yeah there are there are no stakes to the signing away of eve's mortality immortality i'm like oh no she lost her she's just a human teenage girl yeah no i i saw her imdb trivia has been mistaken for being a high school student even by peers on sets says it all. Hello, Kristen and Jenny here to tell you that this September 
will mark the 30th anniversary of the premiere of The X-Files. And to celebrate, we will be in Boston and New York City doing live recordings of our podcast, The X-Files. <laughs> Join us and special guests Saturday, September 9th at Arts at the Armory in Somerville, Massachusetts, where we are discussing The X-Files Season 1, Episode 20, Darkness Falls. And then the very next day, Sunday, September 10th, at the Bell House in Brooklyn, where we will be discussing The X-Files Season 1, Episode 21, Tombs. The ultimate will-they-won't-they, Tombs and the Fifth Liver. (laughs) All information except whether he gets the liver or not can be found by going to bufferingcast.com slash live. We will have a VIP meet and greet in Boston and a VIP after party happening in New York City. And yes, of course, we will be dressing up as Mulder and Scully. Or Jenny, will we be Fox and Dana? Come to the show to find out. <laughs> Tickets and details are there for you at bufferingcast.com slash live. Eve does say, like, there actually was someone who could have helped you, someone who knew a lot about the senior partners. It was <laughs> yeah. fucking Lindsay. She outsmarted you on this one because you didn't have any info. <laughs> well, she says to him, Angel, for mm-hmm. someone so old, you're so young. And I'm just like, count down to her saying kids again stop 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 like no part of this character feels like any kind of ageless being (laughs) like was she born like last week and she's like a new immortal being maybe that would i was born at night and i was born last night (laughs) yes (laughs) that would be funny like i'm a brand spanking new immortal and i am one week old but i'll live forever <laughs> like that's weird i don't know um so uh apparently you miss connor don't you you miss connor <laughs> i fucking miss him <laughs> uh, apparently all of the shit that Lindsay did was about the senior partners and also about angel of course he doesn't like him either none of it was but... about eve yeah, none of it was about Eve. And Eve is certain that Lindsay's not dead. Later he's when, suffering horrors. In later hell. when Lindsay makes a joke about her dying, he's uh-huh. like, You still like me? <laughs> I was like, What's this relationship? Like, Again, what is he's this her dynamic. Her, her her older boyfriend who treats her like shit and she just keeps taking it. And he'll he's like, I guess I can just do it in front of people now too. Yeah, it's wild. He is becoming empowered. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, it is very funny. Uh, we then go to where Lindsay is. His hideous, awful hell. Where he's making out with his hot blonde wife in his little suburb bed. Yes, he's with his blonde wife. And the wedding bands are there, so you, like, know immediately they are married. And I'm just like, this could be Ooh. Nina for all I know. Uh-huh, you could for be, sure. You, you could have missed episodes, seen the first Nina one, see this. You're like, he's, he's he with the werewolf Nina? girl now? <laughs> Nina? Nina? I asked looking at the screen, but no, this is a new blonde woman and they have a blonde child as well. Their little precocious blonde son jumps in the bed and says, stop kissing. That's how I get sisters. Witty. Uh, we <laughs> oh, sure. Commercial, we come Witty. Back. That, that kid Witty. is also not Christian Kane's child. Yes. Um, we we go outside in the hell suburbs and Lindsay goes out to get the paper. I write in my notes, God, this feels like an episode of Supernatural. Yes. This moment of him going to get the Goober paper. Goober Christian Kane is very supernatural. 
he is doing such a goofy little face as he goes to get the paper and like waves at all the neighbors and grabs his son's skateboard off the lawn. I'm like supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. <laughs> yeah, because it's also like at this point we're so far past like waspy straight lace Christian Kane. Like he can't play those characters anymore, so he no. really just sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> And he's wearing the ugliest necklace you've ever seen. And I'm like, oh, okay, outside, of like, <laughs> outside of Prue Hallowell. Outside of Prue Hallowell's like found metal jewelry. <laughs> that hurts you to um, wear it. That, yeah, that cuts you. It, it's so, it's, he's wearing this very gross like wooden necklace that like I know dudes would have worn in 2004, but it, it's grim to see such a hot man in such an ugly necklace <laughs> two times. <laughs> uh, but we go back to Angel's office. Spike is listing all the hells he knows. Fire hell. Ice hell. Ice hell. Like, <laughs> Chinese water demon. <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing good. Of course, uh, but... he, he doesn't know any hells. He doesn't know that you can't just beat a demon out of a person. <laughs> We need to teach him some things. <laughs> um, Lauren explains that Eve sang the whole Pina Colada song. No one can get through that chorus without telling the truth. And I write in all caps, maybe you should have had all of Wolfram and Hart sing that then. I mean, we had one sing Jesse's Girl and it turned out he was drinking some potion. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Two episodes later. I can't believe Eve got past my test. Like, it. it's just... It, it, it does a huge disservice to Lorne. It really does. Yeah. Like, it makes him effectively useless. And I think they're really struggling with that. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a bummer. Like, it completely fucks with the stakes. I mean, um, uh, this is also the season of Lorne doesn't need to go into disguise anywhere. Uh, this ep episode, Angel <laughs> and Spike out in the sun all the time. They're also like, we give up. Yeah. Do whatever. Uh, so, Gunn comes in. He's in his sad hoodie, but he he has a glint in his eye. He knows where Lindsay is, and he can get them in. We cut to back with Lindsay. He's in his little suburban kitchen, quizzing his son on the layers of the earth. <laughs> and what's under that one? And what's under that one? And what's under the outer core? Oh, it's the inner core? What's under the inner core? And the boy goes, nothing. And Christian Kane goes, just the soft, chewy center. Oh, dad joke. <laughs> it's cute. It's charming. Underneath. Um, That's the title ooh. of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, his blonde wife is like, Lindsay, the oven light burned out. You need to go down to the cellar to get a new bulb. And Lindsay's like, um, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. And he's suddenly like very tense so, and scared. <laughs> because obviously with the Manon or whatever, they don't remember like who the, their past or anything. Mm -hmm. I just... Is it more that they don't remember, like, they don't remember what happened to the cellar, they just have a bad feeling about it? Because, like, Gunn goes through the same thing. That's, that's what it is? That's what it seems like. It's like some piece of you can remamber it and is, like, fighting, like, a survival instinct against this, but like, it, it's also But it's also part of the script, though, because, like, Gunn says the ex exactly the same thing. Yeah, and that's, again, like... I don't know if this concept is that figured out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, should there should there be any feeling of dread at all? If it's the same thing all the time. But I guess, isn't it more 
um, if, if it's designed to be as torturous as possible, mm-hmm. then I then feeling the dread is worse than not mm-hmm. feeling the dread. I would imagine. But it's also like. Technically, it's not even always the same thing because Spike and Angel of them, they, they make things different when he, they show up. And it's, yeah. it's not until they take off the medallion that anything, that the Changes. guns come out. Yes. Oh, the guns are so silly. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I really like uh, Lindsay when he, he approaches the cellar. And I really like this one shot that Skip Skolnick has of the uh, doorknob and of his reflection in it. Like as he like goes closer to it, it's just very ominous. Uh, and eek, he's going down. Uh, then in the basement, he looks scared. And he's going down the stairs, and he's looking around. I also, like, hey, they, they call gosh. it the cellar. It's it's the basement. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's inside. A cellar in a basement because uh, a cellar would be outside, and then you go right, and then basement oh. is inside, and you go downstairs. Oh, as far as okay. I know, I, no one has anything under their house in Arizona. Like I've never learned about what any of that is. <laughs> <laughs> We're staying above ground. Same in Florida, but uh, I, 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 I know I know things. But also, it's why it was always funny in Dexter. There were so many fucking basements there. I'm like, not in Miami, there aren't. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, our next scene is in the Wolfram and Hart garage. Uh, it turns out, Gunn explains, he flipped through his mental Rolodex, and there was precedent for this. Uh, some guy in Tokyo that Lindsay must have researched and got the tattoo idea from. Uh if, like, Lindsay's been sent the same place that that guy was sent to, it's a Wolfram and Hart holding dimension. Kind of a penalty box while the senior partners figure out what to do with him. Time to hop in the Camaro. Then inside the Camaro, the car is driving itself. <laughs> and Spike talks about Night Rider. Good. A lot. <laughs> I enjoyed... I enjoyed all of Spike talking about Knight Rider, a show I have never watched and know nothing about other than that it has a talking car. <laughs> you know, Mr. Feeney's the, the voice of the talking car, right? He is? That's fun. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now um, you know two things. Hell yeah. Um, once they get to this uh, spooky dimension, they're going to have to find something called the Wrath. No, thank you. And go through it to get out. And Spike is like, I feel like there's going to be fire. And I really like don't want there to be any more fire. I am all fired out. If you remember but, how he died in the Buffy series finale, there was some fire yeah. involved. Absolutely. Uh, They then go through a tunnel and come out in the sunny suburbs. And Angel's like, this is his fucking punishment? No fair. This looks nice. You're sounding like Spike in the beginning of the season, Angel. Yeah, watch out. (laughs) Uh, We then go to uh, a Wes and Illyria scene. Wes is trying to convince Illyria to leave again. Like, didn't you travel dimensions before? And she's like, of course I did, bitch. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. this didn't work last time. (laughs) I know. And he's like, yeah, uh, didn't you travel dimensions before? And she's like, yeah, I did, bitch. I saw lots of shit. Listen to my monologue. And she went to all sorts of different worlds, including the one with all the shrimp. The yeah! The shrimp. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I like but I gotta say, much like if you're flipping through the channels and you see this blonde and you're like, is that Nina from the one other episode I watched, apparently? You're flipping through mm. this, you're like, what the fuck? Who's yeah. that? Is that Fred? <laughs> what the sh- what the shit? What's Fred's new outfit? <laughs> What's her whole new deal? 
no clue but also like uh, again if you if you were watching it without <laughs> missing things so you you know you're broken up about fred and then you're watching this you again you're like holy shit what's this <laughs> in a different yes. way i don't know what you would think was going on <laughs> so much for you know uh no more serialized storytelling <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, Alexis Danisov does get, um, a million points from me for when he's like, don't you want to go there? Maybe not the shrimp one, but like the other ones. <laughs> um, very good. Thank you, Alexis. Uh, but Illyria freaks the fuck out. The walls are too much. She's closed in. There's not enough space here. She's trapped in the body, in this room, in these circumstances. And Wes is like, uh, come with me. It's okay. Back in the suburbs. Lindsay goes out to get that paper, goes out to get that skateboard. That necklace is fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, the uh, cheery little suburbs music turns sinister as the Camaro pulls up and our boys show up to ruin everything. Classic Spike our boys. Angel. Good stuff. Inside the car, Spike and Angel are like, oh, do we have to, like, cover up yes. to not get burned? This is so scary. And then Gunn opens the door and everything's fine. Yeah. He's like, we're in another dimension. They're both too dumb to realize the sun won't fry them. And, like, this isn't, like, lawyer Gunn bringing up. Gunn went to Pylea with Angel. He knows how this works. Yes. Like, come on, silly. You brought uh, up Pylea the- earlier, Angel. The two, uh, Spike and Angel being like, ah! when the door is opened cute funny good <laughs> uh they go to the door and they ring the doorbell and Lindsay's blot and they're like whatever's on the other side of that door is gonna be so scary we're gonna be so scared it's gonna be awful it's a pretty blonde lady and they're like what the hell nothing is as it seems here <laughs> she invites them in to see Lindsay. in the living room Lindsay shows up he doesn't know them. They tell him to sit down so they can give him some tough news. And he asks if this is about the free vacation he entered to win. Good delivery by Christian Kane on the free vacation line. He is looking really excited. Buddy, you're never going to get that free vacation. You keep repeating the same day. He's rubbing his hands together about it. Like, it's very good. <laughs> um, and he's like, I don't know anything about Wolfram and Hart or lawyers. Because they're like, you're a lawyer. And he's like, no. <laughs> And Angel's like, this isn't real. And Spike's like, you're in hell. We're here to break you out. And Lindsay's like, is this a prank? Am I being punked? Ashton! (laughs) Ashton! (laughs) Ashton! (laughs) I wish. Um, And he keeps looking around for, like, his friends to be doing a joke. And then he's like, oh, wait, this isn't a joke? Now I'm just uncomfortable. Like, you guys should go. I mean, they are the strangest assortment of men you could ever see. To be fair, if, like, three random strange men showed up and they were like, our names are Angel, Spike, and Gun. Trust us. Couldn't even I introduce Gun as Charles. Couldn't even introduce him as Charles. Come on. <laughs> uh, then we get a uh, Harmony and Eve in Angel's office scene. Uh, you know, Eve's like, when are they going to be back? And Eve's like... Uh, and Harmony's like, you know, it's actually very hard to know with interdimensional travel. Um, again, the assistant in me feels for Harmony at all times. It Sometimes we don't have the answers, guys. 
Eve is freaking out. Lorne and Harmony are like, we don't know why you're freaking out. We've been ordered not to torture you. But also, uh, yeah, there's the bit where, you know, Angel is ordering the security and Harmony brings up like that. But that that stuff never works. And Mm -hmm. she's right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then the alarms go off. Yeah, because the stuff never works. Remember, there's a whole episode where the description is that the security is on Eve and it doesn't work. It does not work at all. We've we've made enough jokes about it not working that I'm confused. But like like again, it just makes Angel stupid, which I, I'm. I, I sometimes it's funny when Angel is dumb, but uh, sometimes I think it's ridiculous. Back in the Wolfram and Hart lobby, Adam Baldwin has shown up. He is here in his suit, and he punches through a gentleman. <laughs> I like that. I mean, you know. Uh, I mean, quote unquote, an innocent man is dead just because Eve was too afraid to sign a contract. Yeah. And I'm like, but that dude worked at Wolfram and Hart. I don't give a fuck. So uh, the shot of Lauren, Harmony and Eve all watching that (laughs) and screaming. Very fun. Very good. I love. (laughs) Yeah. Because Lauren's Uh, like, what is he like? The Terminator? And he comes in like the Terminator and punches the, the man through the chest. such a high-pitched scream it's very cute it's good uh then back in suburb hell i can't believe they left lord behind with harmony and eve it's i gotta say the only time i have even moderately enjoyed eve on this show is when she is with lorne there is something (laughs) funny about their comedic energy together i can think he's the only one who doesn't take her seriously Yes, it's it, it's great. And she doesn't seem to realize she's not being taken seriously. So she's not like blustering about it the whole time. She just like is mo- doing her things. <laughs> um, back in suburb hell, Angel's like, we're here to help. And he pulls off <laughs> yeah, his like, ugly I, necklace. I know which, it sounds crazy because it's you basically, but I'm here to mm-hmm. help you. I promise you don't get how weird this is, but it is. Uh, Lindsay, once his ugly necklace is off, becomes himself again. Yeah, and he's immediately and like, Angel wants to kill me. <laughs> he says, Angel, make it quick. He's like surrendered to it. And Angel's like, come on, if I was going to kill you, it would be quick. <laughs> Good bit. Yeah. Oh, Lindsay. Oh, he's he's not thinking about you so at all. Grim. He's not thinking about you at all. <laughs> He really doesn't. Like, it's embarrassing how much Angel doesn't think about Lindsay. Uh, And then suddenly, (laughs) blonde wife is here and she has a machine gun. (laughs) We are both doing machine gun. It's great. We're both doing a lot of great space work. (laughs) Um, Angel takes on the wife. The boys go outside. They're like, we'll go to the car. The car is gone. We get slow-mo for this, too. It's very funny because it's Lindsay just staring like, what? The, what? She's shooting up everyone. And they're all jumping for cover. This poor man is at sea. Um, I love the ice cream man with his big gun. <laughs> very funny. And then the little blonde son comes down the <laughs> stairs with a gun. And this yeah, is so, very so funny. Yeah, so your issue. 
but I don't enjoy it as much as I should because clearly standards and practices would not let them show a child with a gun that much. So all of the shots of him are just like glancing. So the comedy doesn't get to land at all. I know this is a small pet peeve, yeah. but I don't like it. But see, Come and on, I, guys. I'm laughing hysterically because when the kid goes down, it's like Harrison from Dexter when he's on the treadmill after he goes, beep, boop, beep, boop. And if Bob Schoffs, he's like, don't do that. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And then he's beep, running boop, and it's a, an adult man stunt double who comes crashing down. That's great. This was a better done stunt than that. At least the, the person that hit the wall looks small. <laughs> yes. But the Dexter one is, is a much funnier one. Yes, beep, boop, beep, comedy boop. was achieved there. <laughs> um, uh, it is a the only person from Chuck you can trust. Yeah. <laughs> um. The uh, then Lindsay is like, "What the fuck?" Like, because they're trying to freak. Like, t- like, where can we go? Where can we go? The cellar is brought up, and he's like, "No!" And Angel's uh, like, "So we're going there." <laughs> also, with this like suburban shootout, I I must bring up the Alias mm. season four episode, mm. "Welcome to Liberty Village," which um, I gotta say, the Americans stole it. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Ooh. So. Alias stole from this episode, and then the Americans stole from that episode because it's literally uh, Sydney and Vaughn go undercover as like Russian spies who are like in this fake suburban town because they're trying to figure out how to pretend to be Americans, like all these Russian spies. Like, yeah, oh. so they're yeah they're they're getting the Americans on, and uh, then there's like a, a, a massive shootout in suburbia, <laughs> and it's it's great, uh, honestly. I, I'm not going to do a, a, a standard WB watch for this. So I'm like, you guys should watch this episode. But and I know I know it was ripped off from Angel because you want to know who wrote the episode? Who? Drew Goddard. <laughs> he Drew. was around. He was around. He, Drew, he, come on. He hopped off from this show right to Alias for that season. So, Drew. <laughs> I, I know what you're doing, Drew. I know what you're up to. Naughty, naughty. My previous um, fuck watch, Drew Goddard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I write that this child, million dollar babies himself, after being <laughs> fucked up by the couch. <laughs> and that's, then, what they, that's what they will show. That's what they'll let you see. Wild. <laughs> um, in Angel's office, uh, Harmony jumps on Adam Baldwin in an attempt to be helpful. And Lauren and Eve just watch and don't even run. And she is like, run! Like, I'm doing a hero thing. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, and then... <laughs> He she just fails miserably. tosses her off of him, and she like hits the desk so hard. That is a rough looking stunt. Uh, and but Lauren and Eve do manage to make it into the elevators just as the elevator doors are closing, and it's very goofy and silly. Uh, then in the suburbs, in the cellar, there is a bunch of really juicy looking hearts on the ground. It's They're a, all it, Lindsay's. The cellar's a fucking sex dungeon. <laughs> Yes, it is. Um, it's time to look for a way out. And there's all these torture devices, all this like medieval looking shit. And there's a little room of fire. <laughs> and uh, the lock on the door appears mystical. Lindsay's like, oh, no, it's coming. It's coming. The wrath. The wrath is a big, huge guy with a lot of chains on him. Because this is a sex dungeon. And with that. This is a sex it is fuck watch time. Woo! Flirting, 
Who are you fucking? Who are you fucking? You want to know? Yeah. Is it the rap? It's briefcase spike. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was just like, I love you, man. Like, I can't tell you the amount of goodwill that briefcase gave me. Like, it, when I really needed it most, I was like, you know what? I'm having fun, and that got me through a lot of things that I didn't like in this episode. So, briefcase spike. Let's do the business. <laughs> Latoya, who are you fucking? Pass. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Not a sexy app. There's a there's a sex dungeon in, into that and yet and yet. Pass. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so uh, we then get our big fight with the Wrath and, uh, you know, he like hits Spike across the room pretty dang hard. Angel and Spike keep going back and forth with the Wrath. Like one of them will be fighting him while the other one is like desperately trying to get off the ground. Yeah. And they're getting thrown across the room by the Wrath. They're getting their arses whooped. Uh, like, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's, it's bad news because like Angel like has his vamp face on from jump because. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's tough. It's quite bad. Um, Angel ends up getting uh, getting this guy pretty good with a mace, but then the Wrath gets the mace and starts hitting a spike with it. But suddenly, everything stops. Because guess who's wearing the ugly necklace now? Gunathan. friend. <laughs> it sucks so much. He's like, if one leaves, one has to stay. A void is impossible. The little fire door opens. They can leave. Because, you know, now there's, like, already... I I don't know why this allows them to leave, but it does. I understand how the necklace tricks them into thinking the prison is occupied, but I don't understand why it allows you to leave. I think it's it's based on things that Gunn read that he didn't tell them until right now. Fair enough. And uh, Gunn, of course, knew all along this is how it was going to go. This is him atoning. And Angel's like, let's go. And Spike is like, no. And Gunn is like, no, go. For real. Let me do this. Like, I'm already starting to forget. The door is going to shut. See, Spike, you're you're not loosely affiliated with your team. Your best friend has to stay behind. Come on. You love him. Yeah, that's why Uh, he was upset. Which rules? Uh, And then uh, they run out and the door shuts and Gunn can't even remember why he came down to the cellar and his blonde wife is like what are you doing down there and he goes i don't know must be losing my mind Hmm. then um do we do we want to talk about gun doing this here or do we want to talk about uh it in the final scene we can talk about it now yeah um i don't love this (laughs) More gun sidelighting. Like, I I like atonement, but I, you know, a lot of Angel's atonement has gotten to be on screen. Oh, yeah. I I will just say, because, you know, the show's not gun. I know. (laughs) But the show's also not Spike, and yet. Yeah. (laughs) Spike didn't do anything wrong. I don't need, I don't, and not in this episode at least. I don't need to give him shit. Yeah, he doesn't have to be in it. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Spike, you're not part of this, actually. You're fine. You didn't want to leave Gun behind. You, you, you're good. You're on our you side. You get to stay. <laughs> come come on to our side of the fence. Come on. It's There's fun. a fence now. <laughs> I, I feel that it's a fence. Um, yeah, it just, it, it bums me out. Like, it's just like another, like, 
I obviously don't know how long uh, Gunn's going to be out of the picture, but I just am uh, not excited to see him, like, further decentralized from the narrative. Like, just um, more of uh, the same and more of discounting his importance as a part of this machine, which Mm -hmm. is a bummer for me. Yeah. Uh, Our next scene takes place in the Wolfram Heart Garage. Lauren and Eve as a pair of cowards. Very funny to me. Um, they're like running like they're both running like crazy. Lauren's like, let's go to Canada. I, I think it's hilarious because he's like, I'm gonna take one of Angel's many cars. Wait, I'm not a car freak like Angel. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Every he like like he can't tell what key he's grabbed like it's a whole thing um eventually they do find the car that they were that they grabbed the key for they hop in lauren's like you'll love canada eve lots of deserters (laughs) so (laughs) fucking good and then the boys fall from the sky yes they fall into the hood of the car and lauren is like wait like as he gets out like oh my god you're here where's gun well spike's like i'm on fire wait never mind he is beat good to shit him. though from the wrath yeah neither of them are looking so good but yeah and, uh the gun thing sucks yeah lauren's like where's gun and angel's like uh he stayed behind and lauren's like but you never leave a i i guess we do that's that's what we do now yeeks and i'm like fuck keep it, drinking finally. lauren keep drinking yeah um and then oh no what is that what is that sound? What is that in the distance? It's a Fox News Republican in an outdated <laughs> suit. <laughs> uh, we got to commercial. We come back. Um, uh, Adam Baldwin uh, reaches into yeah. his suit menacingly for a pen. Yeah, Adam Baldwin is apparently 6'4". He towers over our boy. And it was already yeah, fun seeing the height differences with Jay and David and James. Because Jay's the tallest, then David, mm-hmm. and then Lil James. <laughs> <laughs> Lil James. And then Christian um, showed up. They were having fun. Making James look tall. <laughs> um, so At least Christian's um, fine with his height, unlike some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people who are actually 6'4". <laughs> um, so um, Adam Baldwin uh, has a contract for Eve to sign. Time for her to give up her immortality. And she's like, ugh, it's over. Uh, he explains that he's Marcus Hamilton, the new liaison to the senior partners, and Eve signs over her duties to him. So, like, he didn't have her powers, like her immortality and some stuff. So, mm-hmm. did she have, like, superpowers like he does? He has superpowers. I I he makes I earthquakes. He punches through. Can she do anything? This is, uh, this is again, like, uh, Vengeance Demon Anya having no skills whatsoever mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Girls can have skills, Joss. (laughs) No, only one girl can have skills. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Her skill. uh, Also, Eve's skill was her sexuality. And we felt very uncomfortable. Like, we should be put on a list for that. (laughs) Yes, I didn't like seeing her use that skill. It wasn't good to me. Um, Eve does some more pouting, and uh, Marcus is like, oh, yeah. very excited to be here. Also, the funniest part when he shows up and like uh, you know Angel walks over to him, like they they were holding Lindsay up, and Angel walks mm-hmm. over and Lindsay just falls like a sack of bricks. <laughs> funny to do. It's just very funny to do. Because <laughs> Angel was one of the ones um, holding him up, and then he was not. <laughs> 
he does not care. <laughs> um, uh, Marcus is like, you know, I'm really excited to be here, to be in the mix. I got ideas to share. He looks at yeah. Spike. Welcome to the team. Um, Angel's like, you know, my ideas are kind of the only ones that matter around here. Wink. Uh, but yeah, he, he says Eve was too easily distracted. Lost sight of the picture. She's like, I fell in love. Okay. And so, like... So we're saying that Lindsay is the reason why she went off the path of being, like, mm -hmm. the senior partner's, like, number one girl. But, like, I saw nothing that suggests why she would be their number one girl in the first place. Yeah. It, I wish they'd given her, like, some skill or some, like, menace. Again, like it's teenage just... girl, older boyfriend. He drives a Trans Am. He's yeah. Just, like, the, the subwoofers are shitty as fuck. All of oh, her friends God. hate him. But... Mm -hmm. But she like, loves him. He treats her like shit, but she loves him. He smells like cigarettes. Yes. He smells, he smells so like menthols. Gross. Menthols is the thing, actually. Absolutely, yes. I, I, I yeah, it's menthols, babe. I see this as someone who very much is a big fan of Christian Kane, very attracted to this man. And what, yes. all this from him is good. And like a real mm. person, bad. Mm hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, Lauren is like, I don't know, maybe this guy's not so bad, though. <laughs> All right, Lauren, we'll see. Changes uh, like then, good. <laughs> uh, in uh, our next scene, we are with uh, Wes and Illyria. We're on a big LA rooftop. Do you have the issue I have with the scene? Where the background looks yes. fake? Yes, fuck? you mean, yeah. yes, where they have, they either, they ran out of money or they cut costs here because the entire background, it is just, a, it is a backdrop until one mm -hmm. insert shot of the real LA and it's like, oh no, you shouldn't have added that because that makes it look mm -hmm. worse. That makes it look worse. Yeah. It's like they're on the roof from the room. Yes. Which I don't know a lot about, but that's kind of what it looks like. Yes. Um, so Wes uh, brought her to a roof so that she wouldn't feel so closed in by the walls. And she's like, I yeah, feel okay. closed in by this roof. This is a backdrop wrapped around them. Yes, it doesn't work. This it is doesn't give you a sense of openness. This you is know? worse. And we know they film on roofs all the fucking time. So they had no money. Like, I know what an angel roof looks like. And it's not this. Um, but she says, you know, I, I feel less walls pressing in i mean i still feel something but like yeah, this i know is it better. is they, they spent all the they started spending all the money on like the the slow-mo and the bullet time like the illyria bullet time because there's gonna be more of that like t soon too so oh i'm sure yeah yeah it's all going there um and uh she's like look i was all of these things and now i'm trapped on a roof in this time and trapped this on a roof. place <laughs> yeah with an unstable human who drinks too much whiskey and called me a smurf <laughs> beautifully delivered <laughs> my only thing is i don't know maybe it's my eyes she's more purple to me than blue and they're always like she's blue i'm like she's more purple she her outfit is purple her like the stuff on her face and her eyes are blue it's more like indigo to me oh huh yeah it's it i feel that it's blue <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing toya i feel like I'm you're not, fucking wrong <laughs> i'm not telling you that you are wrong it's like i'm, I'm wearing a blue mine. shirt from my perception, it's blue. <laughs> and you're a dumb bitch. <laughs> From my perception, no. shut the fuck up, Toya. Putting words in my mouth. <laughs> you all heard it. I'm going to start fucking around with AI just to do this. No. <laughs> AI down. <laughs> um, I, I will so, not fuck with AI. That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely fucking not. Uh, so Illyria goes, you don't worship me at all, do you? 
And Wes is like, I mean, no. privately. Like, yeah, maybe. You don't read. But Wes is like, and you really can't leave. And Illyria is like, I don't know, like I reek of humanity. To anyone I used to know, I would just be prey to them. I'm fucked. I'm yeah. like a human. She was and like, Wes I was God like, to a yourself. God. I'm like, damn, that's hot. <laughs> Dang, what's up? <laughs> Glory would be bowing down to her is the thing. Which Truly is wild. Hot. And I love it. Love to see it. That's All about problem. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, is like, human life is so small. And Wes is like, I don't know. There's big things here too. Powerful truths. And uh, she says, yeah, humans are weak, but kind of his point seems to be like humans are weak, but that doesn't mean they're insignificant. That doesn't mean they're nothing. Like there are other metrics by which to judge things. And, uh, you know, Illyria's thinking about that quietly and probably thinking he's stupid, but maybe that's mm-hmm. sinking in slowly. <laughs> I gotta say, I uh, it was more about the Illyria West scenes in the previous episode. These, yeah, th- th- those hit me. Those made me start fucking tearing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. These these feel very much like a retread of those. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like much new mm-hmm. stuff is being explored here. Um, it just seems like they have to be apart from the gang, so mm-hmm. they get this little thread. Um, but our our next scene, we're back in Angel's office. Uh, Lorne is passion spike up. He doesn't have Fred's gentle touch, so Spike is not enjoying it. Uh, Lindsay calls Angel the hero of the hour, and Angel's like, I'm not your hero. I'm your warden. And I'm like, (laughs) kiss! Put him with P-Vane if you're a warden. Uh But also, bye for Boreas. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) He's got a booty stare and hot spiky hair. If you're straight or gay, your tingly feelings don't care. You're just being Hell yes. Works every time. Um, And Angel's like, okay, senior apocalypse. Uh, Angel's like, okay, senior partners, apocalypse. Oh, senior apocalypse. I'm like, where did the senior apocalypse come from? That's where it came from. I was like, I gotta fucking try it again. (sighs) Lindsay is like, okay, the world, guess what? The world's bad. Yeah. Angels. Is like, this before huh? or after he he he, he cracks the joke uh, on E's uh, expense? <laughs> I believe it is after. Yeah, they're doing that where she's like, like I'm gonna die. He's like, yeah, I'm still excited to see me, babe. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, we're all gonna die, even this one. <laughs> even and she's like, what? Yeah, this is what I'm am. I'm a piece of shit. Very goofy and silly. <laughs> um. So, uh, like, Angel's like, Holland Manor has already told me that hell's on Earth, like, three years ago. Dude. Yeah, yeah, an epiphany. Yeah. And uh, Angel's like, whatever. You want to fucking philosophize? Let's philosophize. I don't need to eat. I don't need to sleep. I don't need to, like, we can do it forever. But how about we get to the real shit? And Lindsay's like, okay, the apocalypse, man. Lindsay says, it's here. It's been here all along, underneath. And Angel's like, what? <laughs> and Lindsay says, the apocalypse, man. You're soaking in it. Ew. I know. Why is that to sound so yeah. gross? Not an apocalypse. The apocalypse. They're playing yes. for the bad guys. Dadoy. 
<laughs> it it is so wild because Spike's like, I'd know one if I saw one. He's like, No, 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 you wouldn't. Because it's no, like you happening. Wouldn't. You know two hells and a Chinese water demon. You don't know shit. You wouldn't know. <laughs> Please stop telling me you know things, sir. <laughs> um, and uh Lindsay's like, You are playing for the bad guys. And again, he's just saying what I've said. He's like, heroes don't accept the yeah. world the way it is. They fight it. And I'm well, like, no, yeah, he's not, I know. He's not just saying what you said. He's saying what Angel said to Connor in the season four premiere. It confuses me so much. <laughs> I I here's know life is I, not linear and growth is not linear and that. Well, here's the thing is that mm-hmm. Joss went full tech bro on this final scene and he's like, I'm going to read, I'm going to invent this. And you're like, you mean the angel TV show that we already had? This is a whole new thing that I've done. Like, oh, okay. No. So let's try to fix what you, you broken. He, he reinvented the bus. Mm-hmm. He did it. Congrats. <laughs> And, uh, you know, like Angel's like, so everything we you're telling me that everything we do is a distraction to keep us busy from looking under the surface. Yes. This is is not brand new information. This is information from every single episode. This is information you had. You talked to Cordelia about. It's wild. And like Lindsay basically like calls Angel a sellout again. Like you sit in your big chair and you do this stuff. And I'm like, I know all of this. But also every chair is big to Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And I, I love <laughs> yeah, this man. to you. <laughs> it's just Get fun it. to dunk on him the way Angel dunks on him. It is. Um, and I'm just so confused. At this point, I saw red. I was furious. I was like, how is this a revelation? I was so mad. I was mad for days. Um, I have since cooled off a little. She Again, guys, she was so mad she put on the season four finale. She was so mad. She's like, I need to watch season four to fix this. Truly, I did. And I was watching it and I was like, okay, they all kind of like begrudgingly agree they want the toys. And Lindsay's like, we could do good here with all these resources. Wait, who, who and, you just said Lindsay said? That's- oh, sorry. Wes, um, Wes says we could do good here with all these resources, I guess. And like, that's where we leave things. And then Angel accepts it for them, um, you know, and we don't get their, we don't get like a final perspective or decision on them it's Mm -hmm. kind of like gun is like i'm doing it even if you guys aren't doing it i think the the issue is that no one was really reluctant we needed someone who was like "Mm," but they went with Mm -hmm. it went with the flow because everyone else did maybe fred yeah like again it's just it doesn't feel authentic to me like watching the episode that i watched all of that stuff worked because they are kind of like in talking to each other just the three of them like i don't know maybe is kind of the point that they reach and then the decisions made for them mm-hmm. uh but like which i buy like i and i buy angel doing this to protect his son but like it just seems wild that no one grapples with it the lack of choice none of them are like wait why did we do this why mm-hmm. like I, this is because again, feel right? We, like we have no I- accept it. We have no idea how much of them accepting it is because of the l- lack of Connor stuff in their mind. Yeah, and I, I because I know that that's things become so much easier in their lives without Connor having existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously, we, we know Gun and Fred had because like Gun and Fred's relationship issues stem from something completely outside of the Connor stuff in the first place, and then like mm-hmm. Wesley had feelings for her. 
we don't I don't know what he thinks is the reason he was out in the outs, maybe just because of the Fred and gun stuff, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but But yeah. There like there's tension you could say exists without Connor existing, but like there mm-hmm. are some big things where it's like the struggles you were having because of Connor's existence don't exist anymore. Yeah. So like there's even less reason to work for yeah. Menard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is hard and it is confusing to me. But uh then our final scene takes place in suburban hell. Gun's little blonde son is learning about the layers of the earth. Uh Gun does the soft chewy center joke and uh we end the episode on him being told that it's time to go down to the cellar and him looking scared. Mhm. So, dang, uh, do you have any closing thoughts on underneath? Closing thoughts. <laughs> I saw one last chance for the thoughts. <laughs> I saw that one person liked my hair head with shells bit. I don't know if anyone else liked it. I saw at least one person liked it, though. Person who liked it, you're who this show is for. Yeah. Uh, and just... I'm not going to do a real WB corner this week. I will just say, um, I already talked about the episode of Alias, not WB, but you know, and in terms of Mm -hmm. suburbia and just, you know, uh, small community living, I will suggest, Mm -hmm. uh, especially because Treat Williams just passed away, speaking of hair, uh, the pilot Mm -hmm. of Everwood. That's just for all of us to watch as as a community. Absolutely. Hell yes. Um, Well, uh, you guys can follow us on socials. Uh, We are on Twitter and Instagram at angelontopcast. You can go to angelontop.com to be taken to our website, which is like also our Patreon. Uh, There you can get access to ad-free episodes, a huge bonus clip Latoya and I just recorded uh, about a lot of our thoughts about the season and spoilers and the season four finale, etc. And um, access to the one the only Cole Turner co- podcast. You'd think by now someone would have made a podcast about the main character of Charmed, who is Cole Turner, but we're the first people to do it. <laughs> and Insane to me. While we're on a little, I guess, hiatus between season three and mm-hmm. four, I think I might have to get Morgan to watch some episodes of Profiler. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, stay tuned on that. He um, plays you... a detective who's a good guy. He just doesn't understand how Allie Walker does what she does. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> I hate this. I love it. You're, you're going to um, love it, actually. Here's the thing. Of course I am. Um, you can follow me on socials at Lorgan Mudich on whatever platform you so choose. Search for me if I'm there. I'm using that name. Um, Latoya, where can the people find you and should they? Twitter on the Fergs, and then from there, you better donate to Chewie's fund for his health. Literally, before we were recording, Chewie was having trouble walking. We had to delay this recording. It's just, uh, I love my old gentleman, but he is an old gentleman. So please help mm-hmm. out, because I'm, as, as you heard, I'm on the picket lines. I don't, I don't have any work to do. Yes, <laughs> um, please help it. It is really appreciated if you cannot donate yourself, uh, retweeting, uh, yes. making it more visible to other people, bothering your rich friends. <clears throat> yes. All appreciated. Bully your rich friends and family. We know you have them. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen the, the demographics. <laughs> yeah. It, we can this, tell. This listener comes people. from a rich family. 
We get that data. <laughs> um, that listener so is David Boreanaz. <laughs> <laughs> David, I know you're listening. Come on the pod. Come on. <laughs> um, and on all of these notes... That is uh, it for us this week on Angel on Top. So you are now leaving Wolfram and Hart. And no, we don't validate. 